this series that we've been in has been called Together. Because that's the, that's the church that they, they really Jesus came from heaven to earth. He came to give his life for us to take our sins. But he came to leave the church in his place. And the church is nothing without the Holy Spirit. And it was this day, 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit was, was filled the disciples. Filled them with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we see that the church was birthed in this moment. And it's, it's just so important for us to recognize and to celebrate that we, firstly, are nothing without Jesus. But we are, as a church, we're together, united with the Holy Spirit, living and active in us. Psalm 133 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. One translation says that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. That he blesses his people, that he blesses marriages, he blesses homes. He blesses us with his favor and his provision where there is unity. And so we've been going through the book of Ephesians and studying this and looking at it together and going through it verse by verse as we see the Apostle Paul or Saint Paul, as many can refer to him, he, he penned these words, writing it to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus, I don't know if you, any of you have ever gone to a holiday to Turkey. Has anyone gone to a holiday to Turkey? Kusidasi. And uh, when you go there, you can go and visit Ephesus. I've gone there a number of times, and now it's a city in ruins, but it's still a, a beautiful city, beautiful history. But Ephesus, in the time of Paul, was one of the epicenters of culture of influence, of trade, as we see that the, 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 um, the port was not too far from Ephesus. And there, Paul had planted this small church, this people together, a life-giving church, experiencing life change through Jesus. And he's, he's writing these words to encourage, and we read in chapter 1, as we see that they, we receive all of the blessings and the favor through Jesus Christ. In chapter 2, he's talking about that we have been saved in Jesus by his grace, created for purpose as we've been looking at in the last few weeks. And then now in chapter 3, we're going to be reading through verses 14 through 21. And what I'd love to do is I'd love for all of us to stand. Will you stand with me? As we're going to read this together. And I'm just believing these, these words are powerful. And I'm going to read today from the Passion Translation. Oftentimes, there's lots of different translations. Many of us in our Bibles, we read the NIV or the NLT, all these uh, little acronyms. But the Passion Translation is really um, a, a paraphrase in, in written in it, in, in the words, in a way that you may not have heard them before. And so chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, some of you may have heard these words before, but I want you to see it in a new light. And we read verse 14, Paul writes these words, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. The perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. Don't, I don't you love that? He's the perfect father of every father and child. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. Until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then... By constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love 
It will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Come on, that, that has to excite you this morning. That's the love of God that can fill you. That is extravagant. That is ever-reaching. Is intimate love. And verse 20 says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Amen. I want to speak to you on today. Limitless love. You may feel, and I imagine many of you do, that you've got the, to the end of God's love. You've got to the end of God's power. You may feel stale and stagnant, but I want to encourage you, there is no end to his love. There is no end to growing in God and growing in Christ and maturing in him. You may have been a Christian for a moment. You may have been a Christian for 30, 40, 50 years. His love is limitless. And my prayer for you today is that you will... Really be empowered to discover, as he says, the great magnitude of the astonishing, limitless love of Jesus in all its dimensions. I don't really feel today as I'm just standing in worship and I've been praying here and just being here. That many of us have an idea of how things are going to go when God wants to exceed your expectations. He wants to blow up your plans. He wants to be able to overcome all of even... Your greatest requests, your unbelievable dreams exceed your wildest imaginations. He wants to outdo them all. So would you join me in prayer today? God, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are alive. God, I pray today as we praise you as this church in the 21st century, but we know every church in every generation, in every century right now, we stand together, united. And I pray that we would experience your limitless love through your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on, let's give God praise in this moment. And you may take your seats. Excellent. Well, as we dive into this scripture and we look at what this looks like in our life, Paul, he's writing to the church in Ephesus and he's also writing this to us as his word is constant, the same today yesterday and forevermore and he's he's praying that the church that this will be revealed to us and become a reality to us that that we would experience the love of God and know that it is limitless and I don't know about you but this is a prayer that I need answered in my life would you would you agree with that it's a prayer that I need to be manifest in my life and I don't know if you've experienced this but there's been many times where I have almost 
limited God and his work in my life. I have limited my view of the flow of his love in my life. Sometimes it can be because of the, the circumstance that I'm going through that maybe at times can harden my heart in such a way where even though I might, you know, continue to follow God and obey him and go to church and pray and read my Bible, but it's like I'm almost limiting the love of God being living and active in my life. Have you ever discovered that? Sometimes because of just the intense pain of life and feeling overwhelmed, it like can limit the flow of God and just not wanting any more emotion or not wanting anything else coming in my life and just almost out of protecting myself, I, I protect my heart and hold on to my heart. Other times, and probably what is most common is out of the busyness of life, I just continue on with life. You almost live out of the love of God of yesterday. Like you almost allow the love of God to become so stale and stagnant in your heart that without knowing at times we feel like we're limiting God's power in our life. But what I've discovered is this, is that we cannot limit God. We cannot limit his love. He is unlimited in the riches of his grace and his love, regardless of what limits we may place on him. He is unlimited in his grace. He is unlimited in his favor and his power and his mercy. But here's what I have discovered. We cannot limit God, but we can limit our view of God. We can limit our view of His power working and active in our life. We can limit our view of His influence and His ability, as Paul says, to achieve infinitely more than our greatest request, our most unbelievable dream, and exceed our wildest imagination. And what I want to ask you today is a very challenging question. Have you limited your view of God? Have you been holding back the flow of his love from him to you? And are you willing to allow his limitless love become living and active inside of you? Are you willing to allow his Holy Spirit that is already at work within you to be activated, to empower you, to come alive again, that you again will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you would experience his power and his love? As verse 16, it says, allowing him to unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and experience explosive power, that you would grow stronger within, that you would experience the supernatural strength within your innermost being. Can you imagine that? It's like a flood of the love of God. It's a flood coming within your spirit, removing all of the disappointment, all of the doubt, all of the difficulty, that it's removing everything. Have you ever seen a an estuary or, or a river that is the river Liffey at times where you can see where it's flowing in such a way that it's become stagnant as you look. You can see that the buildup of dirt and of muck and the buildup of all the things that at times can just feel you within your heart that the river is low and it's murky and it's dirty. But when, when the flow, 
right from the place of the dam, right from, uh, right from the top of the Wicklow Mountains, when, it, when the flow comes and it comes in, what does it do? It moves all of the dirt. It moves all of the mud. It moves in a such a way and it flows. And we see here that Paul is saying that within us that we would have a flood of a supernatural strength. That God would empower our inner strength through his spirit. That it would energize us. That it would revitalize us. Verse 17 says, Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. The NIV translation says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, when we place our hearts in Jesus he takes a residence in our spirit. He dwells inside of us. That means that he inhabits our heart, the center of our being. He, he does not just come in for a moment, but he moves in to take over. So that he can take over, so that he can cleanse our hearts, so they can remove our sin, that he can cleanse and fill us with his spirit and strengthen us with his power. Jesus said of himself in John 15, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, our position is in Christ. But Christ in us is our possession. Christ in us is really the inheritance that we receive when we place our faith in Jesus. He inhabits us, our innermost being. Paul said in Ephesians 1, 18 to 20, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Christ in us is our possession. What do we possess? The same power that raised Christ from the grave is in us. It's living and active. That same power that can enlighten us, that can fill us up with his strength and his might and his power so that we may overcome every obstacle that we may face. So that we can overcome with faith every fear that we experience. So that we can declare with strength The Lord my God will rescue me. You may feel like you can take me out, but God is the one who keeps me secure. I may feel like giving up. I may feel dry. I may feel empty. I may feel within me not any power or love, but God, he is for me. And he will fill me up. The same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in me. As Paul continues in verse 17, his prayer is that the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. The NIV says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. One translation says, his inexhaustible love, his limitless love. Verse 18 says, then you will be empowered through his spirit, Christ in us, to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive is it. Here Paul is describing the vastness of his love. His love is unlimited. His love is uncontainable. His love is incomprehensible. 
It is infinite. Verse 19 says, endless love beyond measurements that transcends our understanding. The NIV says this, this love surpasses knowledge. If you've ever looked at, in any way, the, the science or uh, astrology and the stars and of the planets, the many have come to the conclusion that it, uh, the expanseness and the vastness of space is that there's the possibility that it could be infinite. That there is no end to creation. There is no end to the amount of stars and planets and galaxies. And here Paul is saying it's the same with God's love. It is as vast as space. It, there is, it transcends understanding. That means it's beyond human comprehension. It's beyond human capability that no matter how many lifetimes we could live, we could never scratch the surface of the limitless love of God. It says in the rest of verse 19 that this extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. The NIV says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What does that mean? More of him, less of me. That I would be filled with the fullness of God. That I would be overflowing with the fullness of God. Now the truth of the reality is that this isn't all of our experience. Would you agree? This hasn't been our experience at times where we feel empty. We don't feel loved. We don't feel like we're worth being loved. Yet here Paul is saying that this limitless love, the unlimited riches of his love is available to us. You see, there needs to come a time where faith and trust in God is not coming to a place of human intelligence and understanding. It's coming to a place of, I do not understand, but yet I still place my faith in Jesus. And what we see in this small scripture, verses 14 to 21, Paul is trying to get the people of Ephesus and the people of open arms to understand the limitless love of God. But here's what happens in verses 20 and 21. He takes a change in his writing and he goes from prayer to praise. These two scriptures are known as, known as the doxology of, of Paul. It is to worship and to praise God. He's literally singing praise about the power of God. And I wonder how many of us need to make that transition from prayer to praise. How many of us have need to make the transition and maturity in our faith where it's constantly coming that, that barrier where I come and I need to pray to God to understand Him and to receive His love. Where I need to come to a place where we receive it and move into praise. Thank you, God, that you do love me. Thank you that you are for me. Thank you, God, that even though I do not understand, I, I choose to trust in you beyond my understanding. He says in verse 20, where his focus here is on his power and his might and his strength. And here's what's important. How we view God will impact how we view ourselves and how we view the world. If we have a weak mindset of God, it will create a weak mindset within us. 
some of the most fulfilled Christians, Christians full of courage and strength that I have ever met, are those who have a view of God that is greater than themselves, have a view of God that is greater than the problems that they face. You see, what is really important about faith is the one in which we place our faith in, not faith itself. Jesus said that you may have faith as small as a mustard seed. The essence of your faith is not what matters, it's the substance of your faith. And the one in which you place your faith in. I may have small faith, but I have it in a big God. My faith is not in my problems to be solved. My faith is not in in order to receive provision. My faith is not in order for me to live some certain life on a certain path and have everything going well. My faith is in God. Our view of God will impact our lives. How we view God will change our lives in seeing that I serve a God that is bigger than what I face. And Paul says in verse 20, as he praises God's power, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more, immeasurably more, super abundantly more, excessively more, more than enough, more extraordinarily greater that you cannot quantify what he can do. You cannot measure it. You cannot calculate it. You cannot predict the extent of the more that he has for you. For his more is beyond measure. His more is limitless, exceeding the limits of what we can comprehend. You see, his love is limitless. His grace is boundless. His power is endless. His reign is everlasting. He has no restrictions. He cannot be confined. He is infinitely greater. And it says through his power, anything is possible. I feel like I'm preaching a lot better than you're responding. I said through his power, anything is possible. Amen? Amen. See, we need to move from solely prayer to praise. I praise you, God. I thank you. I'm giving you glory even before you have provided for me. I'm giving you glory in faith that your power is endless, that your love is limitless. He continues in verse 20. He will achieve infinitely more. Listen to this. Than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Can you imagine that? That's the God that we serve. If you could think of your your wildest dream, if there was no limits to what God could do in your life and you come to that place and you write down, if you're almost scared to say it, he says that he will exceed your wildest dreams. He will outdo them all. He continues, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. The NIV says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. What if the very thing that you've been searching for and searching after is already at work within you? We've been walking through this life and through, let's just say this week, in these last few days, 
searching, longing, desiring. And here we see that Paul is saying, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step. His power is at work within you. The guide that you've been searching for is at work within you. The, the directions and the questions that you've been yearning to discover is, is at work within you. The strength and the ability and the energy that you've been desiring to have is at work within you. The contentment, the recognition that you're a good person, you're a good father, you're a good mother, you're a good man, you're a good woman, that longing that you have is already at work within you. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that's at work within us. It's the Holy Spirit that's living and active. As Jesus, as he came from heaven to earth and he's gave his life for us and he was raised from the grave, he says, I will leave you a gift. I will leave you a partner. I will leave you a person in my place. And I will fill you with power. Power. This is the power of the Holy Spirit that's living and active in us. This, on this day, Pentecost Sunday, that everything that you've been yearning for, looking for, searching for, can be found within the power of the Holy Spirit. And the question is, how do we access this? How do we activate the power that's at work within us? How do we live by the Spirit, experiencing all that He has for us? And the simple answer is this, simply surrendering to his love. Not by my will, God, but by your will may it be done. Surrendering to the Holy Spirit, it's learning. Learning to discern of the Spirit, to hear him, to be in tune with him. It's learning in worship, not coming just to sing some songs and to, you know, wonder if the band is going to be good or bad today. Are they going to sing the good songs or the bad songs? No, I'm coming to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. I'm coming to seek the Lord. I want to, I want to grow in the Holy Spirit because I need Him. I need more of Him. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need my faith to be activated. I need to hear from him. You see, when we open our minds to the limitless love of God, he expands our view of the world. He expands our view. All of a sudden, what was impossible becomes possible. All of a sudden, what we dared to believe, now we have the courage for. All of a sudden, our marriage that felt dead can become alive again. All of a sudden, the hope that was was gone becomes renewed again. All of a sudden, the, the mental block that we have, that it feels like I, I'm someone who's experiencing darkness and depression daily, all of a sudden, I can experience freedom through the Holy Spirit when we surrender to Him. 
Surrender to his will and to his ways and surrender to his spirit. And all it was on the day of Pentecost is 120 willing souls who said, come Holy Spirit, let your will be done. And all it requires of us is not to sing and dance and run around the place and somehow, you know, get more of the Holy Spirit. It's to open hearts. Say, come Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the worship team back up and we're going to do just that. I want to ask you today, are you willing to lift the limits on your view of God? Have you been limiting God? At least limiting your view of Him. Are you willing to no longer hold back but to dive in? Are you willing to receive his limitless love. Are you willing to be led by the Holy Spirit? To be in tune with Him? To hear from Him? Hey, why don't you just close your eyes right now in this moment? Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit. I want to give you that opportunity today to do just that. Maybe you've been a Christian for many years and you would describe your spirit as being dried up. Or maybe your view of God has been limited because you're trying to comprehend where you should have trust that goes beyond understanding. I want to give you an opportunity right now, firstly, to place your faith in Jesus. What I want to invite everyone to do in this moment to say these words to me, Jesus, I give you my life. I ask for your forgiveness. And I receive you in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Now what I want to invite you to do with your eyes closed and with your hands out before you, very simply, to pray these words. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way in me. And just wait on Him. that you would fill us with your power. When I pray for those of us who have limited our view of you and of your love and of your ability to achieve for us that which is in our heart. God, I pray that you would lift the lid right now of our faith. 